Alright, dude, you there? Heavy stream? You good? Do you, do you get... Could you hear that? I have a small apartment. I heard the flush. I did not hear oh, the stream. Was I had it a nice, trickle? I had, no, I had a nice stream. Right. I have a nice, healthy stream. Okay, that's good to know. I'm yeah. going to write, write that down. Yeah, make a note about it. I like to keep tabs. Yeah. I, you want... Color-wise, it was mostly clear. I like to drink a lot of water, and I really, it's really important to me to stay hydrated. I'm a big water guy myself. Oh, good. I'm good to hear. Yeah, you're into health. You're in, you're into fitness. I like that. I like that about you. Hello and welcome. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. I'm your host, Brian Beckner. We're back at it. Episode 11. Happy that you're joining us. Happy that you're listening. Excited to do a show today. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. A lot of interesting things happening in the world. None of which have anything to do with sports because this is, after all, a sports talk show that we do. Coming up in the show... Uh, uh, we're going to talk about the snake bite preacher. Have you guys heard of this guy? He got killed, you know, in, in the South, there's a thing. And a lot of people, a lot of people who listen to the show are in the South or at least Texas, but there's a, I have a lot of, I have a Southern following you could say. And, uh, you know, they handle snakes. I believe that's the Pentecostal wing arm of the Christian religion. And this guy was handling snakes until a snake handled him. <laughs> Ouch. So we'll talk about the, the snake bite preacher. I'm into snakes. I'm into snake stories lately. Um, also, a dude here in California, not to, not to let the South have everything that's fucked up. Here's something we do in California a lot. Our cops will like beat the shit out of people or shoot them. Just because they kind of feel like it, and so that we're we're just finding out that cops didn't like a guy who was deaf, and so they tasered him and kicked the shit out of him. And we'll talk about that. The dude that got his ass kicked by the cops for being deaf. Also, this is sort of has been a story this week because somebody made made a movie about it. Did you hear about the Japanese woman that thought the Coen Brothers movie Fargo was real and came in search of the loot left behind by Steve Buscemi and that other dude from The Big Lebowski uh, that we're going to have to check in on that because I, I didn't I thought the story was bullshit and we had to look a little bit more but it turns out looks like this actually did happen the woman who thought Fargo was real. And of course, the big segment of the week, everybody's favorite segment, only one people want to talk about on Twitter. Of course, I'm talking about the Bachelor Report. Our own Bachelor correspondent will join us, Fancy Sauce, to discuss this week's happening on The Bachelor, and it's winding down. We're getting to the point where it's time for people to start bailing out for Juan Pobbs, The Bachelor, who is a dipshit. I mean, this guy is really fucking stupid. 
And you'd kind of have to be to be on that show, but he seems really extra dumb to me. He doesn't understand what these, and, and it's I, not the language barrier. He's just legitimately not a smart person. And it's starting to show, and the claws are coming out, and everything that's happening on The Bachelor is getting good. And we we need an expert to come in. We're going to have our expert, Fancy Sauce, come in and break down The Bachelor for us like she does every week. Uh, joining me now, Ed Daly. How are you? How's my main man, Ed Daly, co-host of the show? Brian, I'm doing well. I'm back home, sipping a little scotch. Life is good. You bounced out to Miami for the weekend, and I understand that it was like the Trail of Tears and... <laughs> the Bataan Death March. Right. It was the Bataan Death March, and United Airlines was the Japanese army, <laughs> and the their steward eye were the bamboo canes. You know when you, you feel like something's too good to be true... And it started off that my wife made a mistake in booking the tickets and said, oh, we have three together and one separate. Oh, that's – that's yeah, that's your seat. Yeah, and I was that like – one alone well, is yours. Look, I, yeah, I'll, I'll bite the bullet. I'll just sit by myself and you can, you can be with the kids. <laughs> but you know, I did that move where you just kind of let her come to the conclusion right, that maybe right. it's best for her to be with the kids and be more nurturing. Right. So. You, lead, you lead her there. Right, just, you, get, just, you show her the stream and go, just have a sip of that yeah. over there. Yeah, I, I did a little Columbo and let her just kind of sink herself, put herself into that situation. Peter Falk, yeah, except yeah. with both your eyes. I get it. <laughs> uh, so it was it was working out well, and then the, that solo seat was a middle seat. Oof. Tough, but Ouch. the trip in the air to Miami is about two and a half hours in the air. Like maybe they build in three hours, but it's two and a half hours. Yeah, it's 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 a quick trip. It's if you have to do a middle seat, you can do a middle seat with a couple of Heinekens, two and a half hours, read your magazine. Right. Try not to move too much. You can do it. Five PM flight, I'll be walking in the Miami airport by eight. Yeah, perfect. First guy sits next to me. He's a doughy Indian guy. But he did a nice enough job, like trying to stay in his lane right away. This is this is window seat. This is aisle seat. So he kind of leaned aisle. into the aisle. So we didn't, you know, it's kind of like meeting your college roommate. Like you're just waiting to see who's going to sit next to you. Right. Respectful Indian guy, not to stereotype. Probably some type of software engineer. He yeah. flies a lot. He knows how to do it. He right. booked that aisle seat on purpose. He knows how to sit in the aisle. He's right. staying off your armrest. He gets it. Totally nice guy. Didn't yep. try to talk when yep. he sat down, which is a huge plus. Of course. Right? He he, right. he he wants to do his thing and he wants to leave me the fuck alone. Bingo. Right. So now, now good. but you're, you're flying to Florida, mm-hmm. which, you know, like the populace down there, Ed, there's a really, really good chance that the person that sits on the other side of you could be a redneck. He could be fat. He could be, uh, he could be a criminal. He could be, and he might have been, right. because I look up and I get the excuse me like somebody's trying to come through, yeah. and it was just a mountain of a man. Oh, Jesus. Like, looked like Bluto from Popeye. He right. had some sort of gym t-shirt. He was, <laughs> he was, he was like one of those weightlifting guys that can't quite lower his arms all the way, like I know what you Christmas mean. story, like just trouble. Yeah. And he wedges himself in there, 
and immediately, just immediately, his legs are like naturally spread. So all of a sudden, it's like a quarter of the way into my seat. And there's some like aggressive leg touching going on. Oh, it's tough. And it's it's I don't even blame the guy. I mean I He's blame enormous. him I blame him for developing his body in an uncomfortable way. Like I I don't want to look at that. But at the same rate, you know, those seats are very small. He didn't get a bulkhead, he didn't get an exit row. He he's fucked. He's more fucked than you at this point. Right. But I lean down to go grab a couple of magazines and while I do that, he lifts the armrest. Whoa. So he so he's got full access to my Whoa. seat now. Whoa. And I do blame him for that. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's that's against protocol. The armrest is only for lifting if there's no one in the other seat. Yeah, and he was I guess from the creatine and whey protein yes. overload, like he's emitting a lot of heat. Desiccated so right, liver. <laughs> right away, I'm feeling like sweaty leg, sweaty shoulder that's touching him. And so I've like all of a sudden, by default, have to volunteer to be the slightly lean forward guy. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. Well, it's a survival tech technique. He right. probably came straight from the gym. He's probably like borderline roid rage at this point. Oh, He's just you're taking certainly some... not. You're certainly not going to just say, "Hey, buddy, like pull the pull the seat, no. the armrest down, get the fuck out." Like you, you can't be that way with this guy. Like it's still going to be a long two and a half hours. He's on crazy supplements. He's probably going down there to do a run. He's going to get there. He's going to get off the plane. He's going to walk out of the airport. He's going to load his anus with all sorts of different kinds of steroids and HDH. He's got vials waiting for him. Them for him there that he can put inside his body and get back on a plane and fly back to Jersey. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got, he's hitting all the checklists of, of uh, that kind of guy for sure. So then we get in the air and then it starts picking up again. I sweet talk the male flight attendant, just kind of asked him something, maybe made like kind of a, a motion to the fact that I was getting squeezed. Guy gave me two free, Drinks. Uh, drinks. Wow. Right out, right out of the gate. I was like, Score. Everything's coming up Millhouse. I like and, that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be too picky when I get the free drinks, but I mean, it was two doers, which is a little bit of the paint thinner variety, but it's, it's, it's a blended scotch whiskey. It's not a little yeah. harsh, a little harsh, it's, but hey, I'm you might. You okay. might take an ice cube and doers and I I won't frown on you for it. It's not it's not the best whiskey made for sure. No. But but it's it's a flight. I'm trying to ease everything like fine. I'll take the two doers. So yeah. I do that and then we are supposed to land 8ish and we're just circling and we're getting oh there's some congestion, there's some storms and so we're just circling, circling. Finally, at about 9.30, so we've been circling whoa, for an hour and a half. Whoa, 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 what? <laughs> Just Wow. Oh, weather. no. Oh, so no. We're, we're informed we're going to Fort Myers, Florida. That's I've, not – sure. I've, I've heard of it in a right. spring training sense, but I, I know nothing about it, but I know it's not Miami. Yeah, it's like Port St. Lucie, Vero Beach. <laughs> you know, it's like sure, it's yeah. it's only a place for like thirty days a year. Yeah, I'm not going to hang out with the St. Louis Cardinals there, right. so I'm not sure what's what I'm supposed to do at Fort Myers. And the answer is, we're not allowed to do anything in Fort Myers, but sit on a runway and just getting updates that the weather's still bad and there's nothing we can do and blah blah blah. And 
we take off Fort Myers. We're on the, the runway at Fort Myers from 10 p.m. till about 12.45 or so. And at that point, I was I was standing, but now I'm helping my wife deal with two Ooh. kids that have not had they didn't they don't serve a meal on a two and a half hour flight. So yeah, they're hungry. We were feeding them like goldfish and shit like that, but like yeah. trying to keep two kids that can't fall asleep occupied till twelve thirty. It's it's become full on disaster. Finally, we we get to Miami. I think we land at around one forty five in the morning. Something oh, crazy Jesus. like that. Yeah, and so. And also, because it was a short flight, I think those two doers were the last two drinks available. So no food, no drink, just sitting Ooh. there sweating. It was bad. That's absolute bullshit. The airline industry should be embarrassed. I know there's a passenger's bill of rights, but being kept on a tarmac for three hours with no food or drink is absolute bullshit and borderline torture and should be a, a, a the airline should be held criminally liable <laughs> yeah they should be they should be uh, charged with war crimes absolutely the worst now how was miami like did you get out on south beach did you get up to anything i did get a pass on saturday night uh-huh. i went out with an old college buddy and miami is is a lot of what you'd expect there are some Fantastic looking women. They're also just a staggering amount of bad boob jobs. Oh, like I bet. just just tremendous uh how women were talked into like eight sizes too big and yeah. just not the right shape. Like just just a real bad a plethora of of disastrous uh South American plastic surgery school. I, yeah, graduates. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a boat show in Miami at South Beach that weekend. So you you get a high class of dudes going to a boat show. Boat show, you're going to have hundreds of guys in black t-shirts with severe goatees. Yeah. Sunglasses on the back of their heads at 10 o'clock at night for no a lot, reason. A lot of chest hair. A lot of chest hair. A lot of giant bellies. I saw three guys out of about – there was a group of six guys that walked into the bar I was uh, I was at. Three of the guys, their name tag said Buzz. Like three, three out of six guys named Buzz. Three buzzes, <laughs> multiple and, buzzes. And my buddy and I were sitting there having some drinks, and a uh, well, I'll, I'll just say a well overdressed woman, um, wearing very tight clothing, was eating a meal by herself. Doing oh, she was little, alone. Yeah, just uh-huh. just a lonely woman. Um, and moderately attractive. She was uh-huh. eating a, a meal of potato skins by herself, so maybe uh-huh. car carbo loading for something big, big Had a activity. Big night yeah, yeah. And my buddy asked her wh- where she's from, and she said she just came in from Las Vegas. Oh and yeah. She was going to go to New Orleans after this, so uh, <laughs> she's on I'm, tour. I'm I'm no uh, I'm no detective, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and say she's she's maybe uh, kind of on a, a working. Uh, vacation. The the NBA All Star Game was in New Orleans. Yeah, so maybe right. That's that's where she was going the next night. Yeah, and my buddy was particularly enthralled with this one. <laughs> <laughs> and so she also had another friend that she called to meet up with us. Mm-hmm. And they always they always have a have another they can call in if the need be. Right. So all of a sudden, I'm playing wingman. 
by entertaining another hooker while my buddy is haggling prices or something. Yeah, wow. Wow. And I asked the other hooker, I was you know, I was trying to talk that I, I was trying to make it as comfortable as possible, but also letting her know I knew exactly what the deal was and I was not going to pay her for sex, but maybe hey, her hey, friend. Mike. You're, a, you're a gentleman. You know how to host a hooker. No, no, no. It, never so, have you been charged with being rude to a hooker, Ed. That's this I can say about you. So I asked her a very simple question. I thought the clothing she was wearing was – I just wondered where she got a uh, dress that had full slits that went pretty much all the way up her ass and front. And I just asked her. I was like, where, where do you go, go purchase Can I take like a guess? Like, do you make that can yourself? I, do you like go- – she got a little mad, but go ahead and take a guess. Internet. She she did say something about the internet, and I just I I I, I don't know. It was it, you have to understand this is uh, this is about ten drinks deep and talking to a hooker. And then I also asked her, do where do you shower if you're out for the night? <laughs> she, she didn't particularly like that question. I said, you might work from job to job. Are you letting John number two just kind of follow up John number one? Or do you shower at John One's place? And she got very angry, and she pulled her friend. And my friend, oh. <laughs> my friend, did not get the four hundred dollars. So hooker. what you were, what you're saying is, hey, uh, hooker two, <laughs> my buddy's over here talking to hooker one. Listen, in between Johns, do you shower or do you typically just take a horse bath? <laughs> Food for the mind, right? I, I just figured everyone would want to know this kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, Ed, excellent, excellent story. I'm glad I wasn't with you. I I would be very uncomfortable in the presence of a hooker. I feel like I, I've been around them, maybe in Las Vegas, maybe at the center bar at the Mandalay Bay or the Hard Rock Casino. Super dumb. But but I if if I were in their presence and I was aware of it and I was not too inebriated to know it, I would be very concerned because I feel like they could have things on them that could leap <laughs> off of them and onto me. Like mobile aids. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Flying aids. <laughs> airborne HPV. I was right uh, in that level of drunk where Somehow in my head, I thought I was supposed to be cordial to her, but yet right. I was not drunk enough to think this was a reasonable transaction I wanted to make. So tell me, your career choice, having <laughs> sex for money, how's that working out for you? <laughs> what's what's your long-term career gro- growth? Yeah, what's where do you see yourself in five years? I mean, besides in a drainage ditch right here off the of South Beach. Uh, wow, that's excellent. Hey, Ed. Not yes. to change topics. I've noticed people talking about this, and I want to get your thoughts. Okay. The new Tonight Show started this week. Okay. With Jimmy Fallon hosting. And I, I feel like Jimmy Fallon took over the Tonight Show, and people will just not stop jerking this guy's dick off about how great he is at hosting the Tonight Show. He's done it once. I think the guy's a talented guy. He has tons of ability. I, I find him a little vanilla. He doesn't really make me laugh a lot. I, he's fine. He's whatever. And his guests were you 2 and Will Smith, like his big 
debut, you two and Will Smith, which is about le- as Lenoian as you can get in terms of guests. I, I feel like this guy is just as safe as the old guy that left, and yet people are anointing him like the new face of comedy. How do you feel about it? I am similar. I have similar feelings as you. I, I just think everyone loathed Leno so much. He sucked, and then on top of Terrible. that. Everybody know, knew he was kind of a hack who stole bits from Letterman and yep. Howard Stern. And, right. And on t- he was just – the way he handled the Conan thing, like he became a flat-out villain. So everybody is going to – it really – they could have had Charles Manson on. And I think people would have been like, you know what? This guy, Charlie Manson, yeah, the swastika on his forehead's a little, a little sketchy. But you know what? He's got energy. He's got that – that panache that we've been looking for for late night. So Jim, Jimmy Fallon is going to get the free pass of all free passes. And I too think he's, I think he's talented, but I've never particularly been a huge fan. Agreed. Like, yeah. like I, I get that he does a great Neil Young and stuff like that. That's yeah, good. He's, he, he can create some YouTube type moments that people sure. like, but he's not, he, I'm just not going to watch. Uh, if, if I watch a late night show, it's still going to be Letterman or it may be Kimmel. If, it really depends. But but it, exactly. it's probably not going to be Fallon ever unless it's unless it's some crazy guest that like I would really need to see. Right. Uh, well, I, I think we're on the same page. I agree. Um, all right. Killer opening. Like as good as we can be as usual. Proud of us. Yeah, as usual, I'm really patting myself on the back, really happy for myself and what we've done so far. Let's take a little break. Let's take a breather, regroup, and when we come back, we need to talk about Snakebite Preacher. (laughs) Like, what are the odds? You're standing up there in front of a congregation of hillbillies, Shaking a rattlesnake in the air. And what's it do? It bites you. It it did what a rattlesnake does. Weird. Where do you even get a rattlesnake in Kentucky? Another question. Uh, Stay tuned. This is the Baller Lifestyle Podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're back. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. I'm Brian Beckner, joined by Ed Daly. We're talking all sorts of topics today. Right now, it's time. We got to talk about the snake bite preacher. Uh, I know some people sent me the story on Twitter. Some This has been a big story. I've heard people talking about it on the radio. I've seen it on Twitter. So let, let me just get into it, Ed. I'll read you from the story. You ready? Okay. I'll I'll just go ahead with the dateline. Middlesboro. You know, that's not New York City. That's No. I and I feel like there's a Middlesboro in like the middle of every southern slash midwestern state. And yet it's never probably never the middle of what's happening. Like never the middle right. of the action. Right. It's never the middle of the culture. 
It's the middle of nowhere. Let's go to the cultural epicenter, Middlesboro. <laughs> of the bluegrass state. Right. Where all, where all the best art and music and <laughs> philosophy comes from, Middlesboro. I'll just read you the story. Okay. Snake, snake bite death of Middlesboro pastor was quick, son says. Medical <laughs> treatment refused. <laughs> Of course it was. Right. Snake handling preacher Jamie Coots, who never backed away from his beliefs despite derision and imminent death from a snake bite, criminal charges and excruciating bites, died Saturday night after being bitten by a rattlesnake during a church service. Family members of Coots, 42, refused medical treatment for him. He was pronounced dead about two hours after the rattler sank its fangs into his right hand. His son said the poison overwhelmed his father within minutes of the bite. It was the quickest snake bite I ever seen in my life, Coots' son Cody said Sunday. Jamie Coots' death appears to be the first from a snake bite, I would say, ever. But it turns out, in a Kentucky church service <laughs> since November 2006 <laughs> when a woman died after being after being bitten while worshiping at a church coots this is my this is my favorite part a third generation snake handler was the pastor of a small church in Middlesboro he had long been prominent among the small, close-knit circle of snake-handling snake Pentecostal churches in Appalachia. But uh, he had a reality show, Ed. But he gained wider notice last fall through a National Geographic Channel pro program called Snake Salvation, which profiled him and other snake handlers. Ed, I have to tell you. First of all, there's a lot of cool things about this story. Tons of cool things. Namely, Jamie Coots, it feels like the Hollywood version of this guy's name. Like, why not call him Dopey McHayseed or <laughs> Whitey Love's cousin? And isn't his son named, like, Cody Coots or something? Yeah, like, Cody of course Coots. it is. Yeah. <laughs> also, the, the son, Cody Coots, had witnessed many snake bites. It's like <laughs> This story reads like a fucking Mad Libs. Like just just random facts thrown together. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't make if if this was a an onion, right? In Kentucky, like nobody would bat an eye. They'd have a good chuckle on the onion and dot com, and then just move on. Move on. Yeah, I also like that his family prayed for healing rather than you know take him to the hospital. And I think I read somewhere that he once was bit. And his whole arm got fucked up and his middle finger fell off. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. So he just figured, all right, well, then I don't need medical attention. But, like, the best case scenario for this guy was another finger was going to fall off. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, he could lose a finger, a toe, an and arm. Another detail I noticed, yeah, that there was a guy named Andrew Hamblin in the audience who was – quote, a snake handling preacher from Tennessee, and he called for help. So that means there's multiple guys here watching this debauchery, and then after after you call for help and you see this go down, do you still want to be uh, do you still want to be known as a snake handling preacher? I would think that experience should, should say, you know what, my profession, uh, 
I'm, I'm between jobs right now. I don't think you would tell the uh, reporter that you're a snake handling preacher yourself. I feel, I feel like this is the definition of natural selection. Like you have <laughs> all sorts of guys with tons of experience handling snakes <laughs> and they've all been bitten before and seen people bitten and then a, the, a guy gets bitten and they all just kind of stand around and look at him and wait to see what happens. And I also have to add that I read the story on Kentucky.com. There's no such thing. And if you look at Kentucky.com, like it, it really might be the onion. The, the, <laughs> four, the first four uh, articles that were up was first about the snake handler getting bit. Then the next one was called Send Us Your Potholes. <laughs> then Anderson County Woman Sentence for Tying Up Five-Year-Old Granddaughter for Hours. Then widow of extreme rampage runner sues race organizers. Like this is this is not, and these are, these are all people whose vote counts the same as us. Just, just I, did these guys ever see Indiana Jones? There was a reason why he was so afraid of snakes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he. I, I just wonder, like they're sitting there praying, you know, and they're like, dear, dear Lord. Please heal, heal our father, Jamie Coots. And I, I just feel like this vision, like a, this ghostly figure comes down and a light lights up the church and everybody's odd. And there's, there's the Lord, Yahweh, right there at the, at the pulpit. And he's like, hey, sorry, guys. Uh, the Lord left all of his anti-venom on the ambulances that you guys are too dense to dial your soup can with a string to call. I don't even understand why is it, this is religious because somewhere in a Bible it says something about snakes like like uh, that yeah. they heal. No, it's a, it's because well I don't know but it's because God loves them so much uh-huh. that He's going to protect them that they can handle. I think they drink like turpentine or cyanide also, mm. and it's like God won't let me die because I'm here. To preach the word, I'm God's vessel. I would, so I, I, would I can't be killed. I'd love to show up and uh, the following week and just give these people a sermon. Be like, I just want to know: Do you all have human or animal feces for brains? Just to ask the, the parishioners. <laughs> <laughs> just get up and then have like one of those snake in the uh, in the uh, Jack in the Box type, type thing that springs out of people. Right, scare them. Totally yeah. fuck with them. I love it. Uh, well, thoughts and prayers, Jamie Coots. Uh, you know, I'm, a snake bite isn't a death – well, you would know better than me because you'd already been bitten by snakes and now you've died from being bitten by one. A snake bite isn't a death sentence as long as you get it treated by a medical professional straight away. They, no. They have anti-venom. They or, have ways. Or if you pray, right? If you pray. Well, oh, yeah. Right. My bad. Yeah. You could have also prayed it out. Come Absolutely. On. And I guess future thoughts and prayers to Andrew Hamblin, which we'll probably read about in a couple weeks. Right. And or Cody Coots. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> right. Which, if I ever have another child, I'm <laughs> promise to name him Cody Coots Beckner. <laughs> Either that or Dopey McCasey. Uh, all right. This here's another story, Ed. See what you think about this. You're from Jersey, where the cops are really, really dirty. Like, don't get into it with any cops because they're all on the take or they'll just disappear you and that happens here too mostly here in southern california 
we just beat the shit out of people. Our cops just beat the shit out of people just because they feel like it. I feel like they don't get enough action. And that happened recently, and it happened to a deaf guy. California cops taser deaf man, beat him into unconsciousness as he tries to use sign language. (laughs) Cops in California needlessly tasered a deaf man to the ground and then beat him into unconsciousness, a new lawsuit claims. Jonathan Meester alleges officers discharged an electric charge into his body after mistaking his attempts to communicate via sign language as aggressive hand signals. He, they're lucky, he's lucky they didn't shoot him. His, he claims four cops arrived at his friend's house in Hawthorne, hometown of the Beach Boys, Ed. Oh. Hawthorne, California. The day before Valentine's Day in 2013, after receiving reports of a burglary, Meister was removing his own property from the backyard of a friend's home with the friend's consent when he was initially confronted by two cops. They ended up grabbing his arms and turning him around. And if you do that to a deaf person, it's like gagging them, his lawyer said. It would be like if I put my hand over your mouth if you tried to tell me something. Meester reflexively pulled his arms away and jumped over a small fence to create space. Oh, that's all they needed right there, Ed. So he could better communicate, Burton said. But officers, I won't say their names, apparently took that as an act of aggression. Yeah, because he's backing away. Backing away is very aggressive. They knocked him down, they kicked him, they punched him, they shot him with a taser, and this is what happens, people. Like, even if you haven't done anything wrong, just lay down. They're looking for a reason to kick the shit out of somebody. They have a lot of pent-up aggression from not making the junior college football team. They want (laughs) to fuck you up. They're looking for somebody to fuck up. Just the story, you'll be able to communicate to them eventually. Just lay down and put your hands down, because... At the station, at the station, when you're seated in the interrogation room, somebody's going to realize you don't speak. Right. Uh, Because this guy is lucky. He's backing away. He's lucky he didn't get shot because these guys are looking to do some damage. And Jonathan Meester is – he's suing, but he's – frankly, he's lucky to be alive because these cops were probably looking to do worse. Cops love doing the belt and suspenders move of both beating you and tasing you. When one would certainly do the job. Right, absolutely. Well, it's like all gloves are off because once they're beating you and tasing you, it's like get it all out because you still got to write a report. The report's going to ha- sound however you want it to sound. And it's so three like, on get one, it too. Yeah, it was four on one. Four. <laughs> yeah. But one was a girl. So, you know, she probably got into it the worst. She really had some aggressions to get out. She got high, she high, used, high, used her boots. Right, high school softball aggression. Pen up high school softball rage. And I, and not all cops are bad. In fact, some, Absolutely of them, not. some of them are just great. Just the best. <laughs> but a- let's be any- honest. We know, <laughs> we know a lot of dim bulbs from high school that became cops. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I don't want to say all of them just in case some of them listen. Right. But I just, <laughs> I've know, I've known, I don't know. 10 to 12 of various grades and rival high schools that have become cops. And I would say about 15 of them should never have become cops. This is Ed Daly speaking for the record. <laughs> this is, these are the words of Ed Daly of Hoboken, New Jersey. Brian there, Beckner. There, there's, there's... <laughs> Brian well, Beckner in, in right, Southern California. 
has great respect for all forms of law enforcement, especially when they get, give him tickets for going 11 miles hour, an hour over the speed limit twice last year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, buddy. You got your ass kicked. Cops like to do that. Cops, who I greatly respect. Tons Love of respect em. for cops. Love yeah, really the best. Protect and serve. Uh, all right, Ed. One more story before we get to the Bachelor Port. The woman that thought Fargo was real, and I like I don't know if we can do this story justice because it's pretty crazy. But these guys have made a movie about I'll tell you her name right now. It's like Kumiko. Yeah. It's called the the movie's called Kumiko the Treasure Hump Humper? No. Hunter. That's Where's that's my... the uh, that's the uh, X-rated version you'll see Where? six months later. Yeah, porn version, porn porn parody. Uh, a a Japanese woman traveled to America in search of the suitcase of money that was buried beside a snow-capped fence post in rural Minnesota. She didn't know Fargo was just a movie. The Coen Brothers classic Fargo opens with the message: "This is a true story." Of course, it isn't a true story, but in 2001, it was reported that a Japanese woman had been hoodwinked by the claim and traveled to the U.S. in search of the suitcase full of money that Steve Buscemi had buried beside a snow-capped fence post in rural Minnesota. Here's how you get a suitcase full of money, Kumiko. Go to work. Get a job. Uh, like, I didn't believe, like, I thought, wow, they just made this up. This is like an urban legend to hype it. But then I, I Googled this woman's name and I found a story from 2003, The Guardian. And it looks legit. Uh, spoiler alert, this chick died. Uh, it was just one of those crazy little stories buried in the morning paper, News of the Weird as it's sometimes known, true stories about real-life events so unlikely and ridiculous that they attain a kind of absurd magnificence in the retelling. Cult film sparked Hunt for a Fortune was a small headline that attracted my attention that morning back in December 2001. A Japanese woman searched a remote area of America during a quest to find a briefcase containing almost a million dollars buried by a fictional character in the cult film Fargo. It's so weird. According to the article, a 28-year-old woman had left Tokyo a month earlier to travel to North Dakota and America's Midwest. The police were called after she was spotted wandering around the outskirts of the state capitol. When officers interviewed the woman, she showed them a crude map that was supposed to show the location where the money was hidden in the movie. We tried to explain to her that it was a fictional movie, but there really wasn't any treasure. Eventually, the... They ended up finding this woman's body. My question is, I, okay, you, even if you believe it's real, you do know that you don't need to go there in the winter to look for it. Like, she, they found her in a snowdrift. She could have gone in the summertime and had a look around, right? Like, just because the movie's in the winter doesn't mean that's when you have to go look for the treasure, right, Ed? It would be a lot easier when there's less snow. You'd think. You don't have to dig through the snow. Or maybe she thought maybe he buried in the snow, so she figured, well, the snow's melted and now it's now it's reburied under the snow. I, the only way to find it is to dig it out of the snow. 
It's a weird I, story, right? A little bit. And I did notice uh, a, a very surprising information about Kamiko. Uh, before she left, it was it was her. It was said that he had a faltering love life and career in Japan. I would have figured she had a lot going on. Oh, which, I was going to say. She left her very successful husband and her big house and yeah. her rich uh, social life. She was probably president of a lot of homeowners organizations and whatnot. Yeah, a, a pillar of the community. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really weird story. I'm surprised we're just now finding out about this poor woman who died. I mean, they found her body. On a road between Fargo and Brainerd, which is weird because that's where – that's like the road they were traveling in that movie. And I'm surprised she got that close. She doesn't seem like she's the Ferdinand Magellan of searching for (laughs) fictitious money. She's she's not exactly the Sir Francis Drake. Uh, The cops cops really have had a field day with her. I, I, yeah. was, I was thinking they should have like told her, all right, we'll help you with the search tomorrow. And then when she goes back to her hotel room, when she gets out of her hotel room the next day, hire a bunch of people to dress up like kind of the apes people. So when she walks out, she thinks she's walked into an alternate universe. <laughs> <laughs> I just wonder like what other movies people – like do people watch Indiana Jones and they're like, oh, holy – Raiders of the Lost Ark, they're like, holy shit, I'm going after the Ark of the Covenant. This this guy's led me right to it. Like, everybody's face melted off right there, except Indy and his girlfriend, Marion, because they looked away. I'm, I'm going to run there. I'm going to jump on a submarine. Let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> Indy jumps off of a African fishing boat or cargo vessel on to the top of a German U-boat and then that had been sealed. Yeah. And then hangs out on it for hundreds of miles till it sails into a secret port. It, it never went under the water. He didn't freeze to death outside of a German U-boat. Like that didn't bother anybody else. There's a couple of plot holes. A few. All right. Thoughts and prayers to this woman. Kumiko. I've already forgotten her name. Uh, I'm sorry that your family didn't love you enough to get you treatment for your mental health issues and you had to die in the snow. And I'm even more sorry that I only found out about this today. And one last thing. I'm just thinking about her family. They must have really wanted to get rid of her because there's no way you make that trip without making a few declarations like, oh, that's – I'm going. I'm going. Right. family was like, yeah, check it out. Maybe you'll get rich. Like (laughs) they sent her to Fargo. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, they she couldn't have – they were probably happy to be rid of her and they thought, well, she'll be back. She'll realize. She'll be back in a few. Okay, Ed, it's time. It's time we do it. I'm not even going to ask you. I'm, I'm going to save it for fancy sauce. Everyone's favorite new segment, the most popular segment on the program, The Bachelor Report, The Bachelor, happened this week. People got kicked off. It's down to five, no, four. There's four bachelorettes left. Joining us now, official baller lifestyle, bachelor correspondent, everybody's favorite, the most knowledgeable bachelor 
analyst there is on any podcast in America, it's Fancy Sauce. How are you doing, Fancy Sauce? Wow, what an intro. Yeah. Am I really everyone's favorite? Uh, yes. Hi, Absolutely. Ed. You're, How are you, Fancy? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Great. Hey. I'm ready, I'm ready for you to drop some extra knowledge. Did you watch this week? Did you get a chance? Too busy? You your ass, I did. Oh, awesome. I like it when I you did. watch. Missed, it's more fun first... when you watch. I did. I missed the first few minutes, but I did watch, uh, I can't say attentively. I was, you know, playing with the phone kind of thing, but I did I did watch. That's how Brian watches, too. Did That's you, fine. did you, is this like a bonding experience with Mrs. Daly? Like you guys sit down and watch <laughs> together? Or she gets pissed off because you make comments about how annoyed you are by the contestants? Uh, she was getting, she was getting a little pissed. Like she, she had been asking me to watch Bachelor f- with her for years, and I think she instantly uh, regretted that because she didn't like my comments or questions. Or I have a lot of trouble keeping track of the dingbat blondes who all have the same name. Right. Yeah, it's difficult. So I was like, which one is that, Nikki or Christy yeah. or what? I, I can't keep track. So. She was she was none too pleased with my comments, and I also made the comment that like they're just being competitive because it's a game, and there's no way that there's real uh, feelings going right. on. And she 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 got very insulted. Oh really? Oh interesting. I love that. everyone's got really strong opinions on how this kind of all plays out. Yes, they do. What are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say. Anything. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Fancy. Okay, so this love week, having you on. Give us a heads up. Tell us okay, what well, happened. I know I was watching. I know you were watching. I know Ed Daly and Mrs. Ed Daly were watching the show. People across the country, around the world. Yeah, it's a huge show. We're watching The Bachelor. It was crazy this week. Crazy. Tell us what happened. Okay, so here we are, week seven. Uh, so we go to Juan Pobbs' hometown of Miami. Yeah. Weren't you just there, Ed? I was. Run into- I was not. I was not on a yacht though, so I didn't happen to see him. And I don't know where that random, uh, horrible dance club was. So no, I didn't was, run and into it. It was horrible. Or that like weird <laughs> island that they got dropped off at. Right. Was that was yeah. kind of weird. And the, and there was like the poor guy in the the, <laughs> in the, the poor plane driver. Yeah, who just had to just sit there and listen to this dingbat. Right. Talk and they're to sitting them. on the beach, and there's all random people jet skiing in the background because jet skiing's Florida's national pastime. So six six broads left: Nikki, Claire, Andy, Chelsea, Charlene, and Renee. Okay, one thing, biggest mystery: How has Renee made it this far? Absolutely. How is Renee? How did Renee even make it onto the show? <laughs> okay. She's really, really plain, not matronly. Yeah, ma- yeah. She's a mom. She looks like a mom. She seems older than she is. She's she has bootleg hair. Her hair's bad. Her makeup. She doesn't know bad. how to put on makeup. She at she seems nice. Her. You know what? She's the nicest. At the at the rose ceremony last night, she had so much bronzer on. I thought for sure she was auditioning. <laughs> she did have for the reboot of the C. Thomas Howell vehicle from the eighties, Soul Man. <laughs> Very soul man bronzer yeah, last yeah. night. Lots of bronzer. Um, yeah, so she's, I mean, her main role is house mother. She listens to all their problems, but I'm seriously, how weird would it be to come home from a date like Charlene did and sit down with your girlfriend, who incidentally is also dating the same guy as you, 
and talk about how you're feeling about him and your relationship thus far. It's bizarre. Hey, it, you, you know that guy I I'm never, trying to bone? I never get over it. That you're also trying to bone? Well, we went on a date tonight. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about our strategies. And here's Charlene. It, is Charlene the one with Groucho Marks eyebrows? Yes. 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 Okay. And here's Charlene talking about how she just can't really, like, get into it. And poor Renee's sitting there looking at her like, I would, like, pay money to I be in. I would trade my son for I would for trade him. my son to be in your position because he's so into you. Um. So, yeah, Charlene, the entire country was waiting to see what she would do after last week's episode. Clearly, she's struggling with the fact that he's a simpleton with a poor grasp of the English language, while he is super into her and her classy vibe, as he describes her. She's so classy. Personally, though, I think he's just into her indifference. That's the big attraction here, that old treat him mean, keep him keen play. Right, that's like like that's all it is. Yeah, I think. like every right? like, I like every chick I, like I was said, into in high like school. Like he goes, I like he goes, I like the words you use. And then she said, like what? And he goes, oh. And then he just started kissing yeah. her shoulder. Yeah. He's like, just just all of them. Like you use so many big words. Well, he had. Yeah. Well, he only has like Syllables. ten words <laughs> total. That's his whole vocabulary. Yeah. At one point, she used the term deja vu, and he was seriously floored. He had no <laughs> idea what she was talking about. She is. He's signaling to the producers, like, somebody tell me what that means. I mean, he needs an earpiece. The problem here is she is attracted to him, but she can't really dumb down enough for him. Nor can she open her mouth during kisses. No. What yeah. was that? She's she's attracted to being on television, and mark my words, she's frigid. She's never... She exp- looks like a terrible kisser. Yeah, she's not ne- she's never had kisser. an orgasm. She's not aware. She hasn't explored her own body. She would not. And she's either she's either super pretentious the way she pronounces her O's, or is she Canadian? She's Canadian. I think right? she is Canadian. Oh, okay. She's from okay. Ottawa, right? But she's Ottawa. Okay. She's Ottawa. She's also very annoying. And we lost her last night. Thank God. She she might have called him simple at one point. She said something like. I wish I was just simple. It would be so much easier. Yeah, yeah and she's she like, I wish I was about as dumb relating as you. To him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, but in between his one-on-one date with Charlene, he goes and sees his family. And my favorite was his cousin had adult braces. One of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, he had really big adult braces. He didn't go for the clear. And I'm, I'm pro-adult no, braces. No but, Invisalign here. Right. He had... He had Big, big teeth with big adult braces on, and that, that was that was a highlight for me. Um, so yeah. he tells the cousin that he thinks Charlene could be the one. So he was super bummed when she comes to his hotel room that night to deliver the bad news that she's bouncing. Um, and at one point he he tells her, "I rather not being appreciated and being honest than being appreciated not being honest." It made no sense. Right. But he was trying to explain that, you know, he liked her honesty. Yes. You two have been going on about how dumb he was, and I, I really didn't totally grasp it. Right. Like, he's a he's a move his lips while he reads kind of dumb. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's oh, yeah. super yeah. dumb. He's really, yeah. really dumb. Yeah. He's like Brick Tamlin in uh, Anchorman. Yeah. Like he just says things like, "I like, I like this. I like, I like Floor. Yeah, I like Lamp. Floor is good. He's yeah. he's one of those people. That he's one of those rare things where he is, in fact, as dumb as he looks. Yeah, as dumb as he looks yeah. and as dumb as he seems. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so Charlene bounces. She's gone. Juan Pobbs has a bit of a cry to the camera. He goes outside and sits on the balcony and pretends he's thinking. Yeah. In his red flip-flops. <laughs> As the wind whistles through between his ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the next one-on-one date was Nikki who he takes to see his daughter's dance recital. And he announces that we're going to see Camila's dance recital. And then he tells her, Camila's going to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I really like that, that he he announced that his daughter was going to be at her own dance recital. Almost as much as I like the fact that Nikki had slutted up for a one-on-one date, she had the short Daisy Dukes right. on. She didn't know what she was dressing her for. Her tits were out. The cleavage was going. Her tits were all bronzed and dusted. Like, she was ready to get sexual. And then he's like, hey, yeah, we're going to my daughter's recital. To meet my whole family <laughs> and Camilla's mother, my ex. And what a, what, a, what a dad. Because we all know with little kids, the one thing they want is to take the t- attention away from them. Right. And so, to bring, hey, let's, let's go to a dance recital and put the camera on dad. Right. Bring daddy's girlfriend and a whole camera crew. So that, one one yeah. of daddy's eight girlfriends. Um, I don't <laughs> think the baby mama was really feeling Nikki. I definitely saw some daggers. Yeah, I was feeling her. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was not not a fan. Um, so after the date, Nikki announces she's in love with him, and she's also the only one referring to Juan Pobbs as her boyfriend at yeah. this at this stage. Yeah. But you know, pretty big move to bring a girl and a bunch of cameras to your kid's dance recital. I mean, that's that's sending a message. So Nikki's feeling she's really feeling herself now. I. I can only speak from the point of view of another parent that has to go to these stupid things. And there's nothing worse than going to a soccer game and seeing that douchey dad where it's all about him. He's on the phone. He's running out on the field. He's clapping real hard. He's really, really making his daughter or his son's soccer game about himself. Imagine if he showed up with a fucking camera crew. I, I mean, I'd have to kick his ass. It is an awful parenting move. Yeah. That is like, and then they, she kept saying, I can tell he's the best dad. Like, you know what? He could tell ABC, I need an hour or 45 minutes to just do this privately yeah. with my family. And then we can all go to lunch instead with my ex- daughter or whatever. Instead he wants of to exploiting do. Like, it. He, worst fucking dad on He's her. the best dad that hasn't seen his kid in three weeks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on, then there's a group date. Um, Four of them. Let's see. Andy, Claire, Chelsea, and Renee. Wait, one thing about the Nikki date. I liked how, she, how impressed she was that he showed up at the Marlins stadium and it was empty. Right. He's like, <laughs> I'm taking you to my the office. Play to an, the Marlins play to an empty crowd every night of the right, year. It's like the least, they're the least attended team in baseball. I love, I love how they had a picnic on the mound where the pitchers yeah. just dropping big spits a chaw for nine innings a game. Yeah. And that move was already used by John Cusack in Better Off Dead. Right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, co- and he and- also had a great quote there I wrote down. He said, she's thinking, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's figuring, look, I'm incapable. I need someone that can do something like think. I like the fact that she has that ability because at some point we might have to get a mortgage or something. At some point, I'm not gonna be able to someone's going to gonna have to figure some stuff out. 
and clearly it's not going to be me. <laughs> I'm too stupid. <laughs> oh, man, when the ABC handlers leave, like, it's going to be a whirlwind of shit for whoever la- ends up with I this guy. I can't sure. wait till, till whoever wins is like, wait, that wasn't your yacht? <laughs> Let's go out on your boat again. Yeah. You took Charlene. Well, I think you should take me. Hey, when's the plane coming to pick us up to take us to this remote <laughs> island that you always oh. go to? Ab, I like piggyback for us. <laughs> I have donkey. <laughs> yeah. So, Kate, uh, fancy okay, sauce. Tell date. us what happened on the group date. Just quickly, I really can't stand Claire. She's, She's Claire has emerged the as the villain. Unlikable She's person. Got a. And she she used she applied blush like Raggedy Ann last yeah. night. Well, the wheels were really falling off last she, night. She's so got no style. She had short shorts with lace embroidered she's, on she's them. She's so cheesy. She was rocking the two tank top look straight out yeah. of ninety five. She's got Double problems. The thing is, she's got a fit bod on her. But yes. the pro- yes. yeah. Ed agrees. But the problem is, is that her crazy, and this happens to a lot of chicks with fit bodies, her crazy is usurping her hotness. Well, she bangs on again to Juan Pobbs on the group date about her dad. And then she basically says, whoever gets the rose on this date is a shoo-in for the hometown's dates. And it's obvious she thinks it's going to be her. So when he gives the rose to Andy, she really starts to come undone. She lost her shit. And this was a highlight for me because I've been waiting for her to start dropping F-bombs and lose her shit. Because she's clearly the most emotionally unstable one on the show. She's like... Probably ye- from the beginning. She's like yelling at the pilot, like, just take this piece of shit off. Let's go. <laughs> no, she, she's sitting yeah. on the seaplane and yeah. she's like... You know when they bleep words and you try to figure out like, the way she was swearing, it was very inconsistent by the way like language patterns work. I was trying to figure out what swear words. She, it was like, well, she, let's she's fucking like, fuck this. She's fucking on the plane, plane like, and she's what? like, let's wrap this shit up and go home. Yeah, that's she, what she said. Ed, I would just watch it again. What? Ed, that's that's a function of her being from Sacramento. Um, anyway, they get back to their baller hotel suite, and then the other highlight of the episode is Nikki and Claire get into this bitch fight where Nikki tells Claire she can excuse herself from her room, and then this amazing idiotic um, exchange ensues. Did you pay for this oh, room? Is this Did your you room? pay for this Did room? Did you pay for it? Do you sleep here? Did you pay for it? Do you sleep in here? And on and on and on. It was what, awesome. It, whatever the uh, whatever the opposite of uplifting for women was, right. that was that scene. Yeah. That was like it was staggering how bad it both came off yeah. in that argument. Really, yeah, it was- neither of them. Well, they're they're you know they're not arguers, and it annoys nothing annoys me more than watching two people that can't argue right. trying to argue. It it reminded me a lot of Stephen Hawking and Carl Sagan discussing the origins of the universe. <laughs> like it was so chaos theory. Yeah, it was so over my head that I was just like, "Wow, it's right. amazing how intelligent some people can be." Yeah, that was mind blowing. They argue, it, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, the the, the argument ends with Claire saying sorry with nikki calling claire fucking crazy which is you know it's a fair call yeah she claire's crazy nikki also crazy to, you're a you're a contestant on the bachelor nikki doesn't seem not, as crazy as claire to me agreed 
Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. She just she just doesn't want to hang out with those other girls. The, she's the, she's trying to the she's other in it to win broads it. hate her for sure. They do hate her. Question quickly, Ed, do you think Claire has veneers? I think she does. Brian thinks no. that no. they're not. They, yeah. No. I I said they I said like the one the episode I watched me. before, I they they're extra long teeth. They're, they're big. Huge. Something they're off big. Them. Something is off. They're big, they're extra right. long, but she doesn't I'm have enough you, gum or something. Veneer technology has not made its way to Sacramento yet. This is veneers <laughs> are expensive. She's a hairdresser. She spent all her savings on those tits. There's no way she has veneers. Okay. Logic. All right. All right. We'll have to agree to disagree, but that's, you know, I can see your argument. Yeah. Anyway, Rose, yeah. it was a ten- Two to one, you lose, Brian. Tense, no. tense, I know better. Tense Rose ceremony, um, which was clearly going to be between Chelsea and who's Kristen Bell. And, and she's also like 14 years old tops. Yeah. Chelsea's a child. And Renee, overly bronze, single mom, agony aunt from Florida. So man. She looked like she was trying to get into Harvard. So, but in the end, it was Renee. <laughs> Renee, will you set this rose? Yeah. And little Chelsea got kicked off. Poor Chelsea. Um, but you know she didn't really have much going on. Let's be honest. The, the producers didn't really do a good job of building suspense no, because they didn't. I I haven't even been watching, and I could tell she was the one that wasn't featured. No. Yeah. And there didn't seem to be anything going on. I mean, she, she seemed nice enough, but there was no. There was no compelling reason why she would stay in that episode. You could tell. Her okay. last one-on-one was three continents ago. <laughs> she she was in L.A. They had a one-on-one. They've been to Korea, Vietnam, New Zealand, and back to Miami, and she hasn't had another one-on-one. Of course she's going home. Um, he felt bad letting her go. He had another cry because he's so stupid. Yeah. He's a puddle, that guy. Yeah. And, you know, it ends with that sad limo drive of tears. Chelsea has a glass of champagne crying through it, but I think she's going to be okay. I think in a couple of days she'll have forgotten about the whole thing. And it, isn't she like 24? She's, she's 24. She's 24. She's like someone's babysitter. Enough, yeah. Seems nice. Yeah. Like she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Yeah. She'll be all right. She'll, she'll get some men out of this. So that's my recap. That's it. That's, so that's ne- where we're at. Next ne- week looks like it's going to be a good Next week one. they go home to meet the families. Claire has a big Fat sister that is not digging her deal. It looks At like all ang- bootleg ang- family. It looks like Andy's angry, big, fat, angry sister. Sacramento. It looks like Andy's dad is not a fan of Juan Pobs, nope. probably because he doesn't Which, like stupid people. Maybe because he's the only reasonable person on right. the show. He's he, like he said. I heard the the one quote. He said, um, "No, unless my daughter's the one. Like you can't ask for permission to to marry her." And when you're, you're deciding sure between of, three, like what? Yeah, like Absolutely. I would tell him to get the fuck out of my house. I would too. Like, are you kidding me? Absolutely agreed. Also, Ed, next week the part you've been looking forward to all season overnight the fantasy suites. Yeah, uh, we get to we get to see what goes down with Juan Pablo. Who he slays, how he slays him, and they all Wait, they tease. So he wasted he wasted an overnight uh, on the on the mom that he's not into. No, it's a two parter. So one night is hometowns, and then I think after hometowns somebody goes home, and then the second night is the fantasy suites. Prediction. Maybe maybe I'll have her chaperone while he's banging somebody right. inside. Can you watch the door? And can you hold my balls? From the look of the preview, Andy does not look like a satisfied customer. Yeah. After the fantasy date, she's crying. Which, something something goes wrong. Which some kind of malfunction. If you're if you're watching the tease, it looks pretty clear that Renee gets booted after the hometowns, which leaves him to sexualize 
Andy, Claire, and Nikki, which is not a bad grouping. If you have I'm, to, bang. I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of uh, who? Who's the lawyer? Chick? That's Andy. Andy. Yeah, she's good looking. Yeah, she's she's the hottest. He's gonna he's, hands down. He's gonna slay her, but she does not seem like a satisfied customer. No. Her quote is, "I could not wait till the next morning to get out of the fantasy suite." <laughs> not, <laughs> not not a good endorsement of the sexual. No, not a good review. Absolutely not. Uh, excellent bachelor report fancy sauce once again great job we appreciate it we appreciate you catching us up and giving us some insight on what's happening on the bachelor ed you sir another great job on the show how are you feeling about it super proud of us still proud yeah i'm proud i'm uh, proud of you i'm proud of your acumen with hooker interaction in Miami Beach. <laughs> these are things that interest me. I love these stories. I'm sorry about your plane flight. Uh, let's do it again next week. You in, you into that? I'm into it. Outstanding. Until next week, for Fancy Sauce. Bye. For Ed Daly, I'm Brian Beckner. We'll catch you next time. The Baller Lifestyle Podcast, theballerlifestyle.com. We'll see you later. <laughs>